0: So, this is the last Sunday of the month that we're going to be talking about the second poison of hatred and ill will. And I'm going to be focusing on two things, kind of a short review of all the different ways that hatred and ill will are poisons and are unskillful mind states that we don't want to be feeding in our lives. And then um, some time on different ways of practicing with um, hatred and ill will i was going to give a talk on how hatred shows up in the political and worldly realm but i did that talk on monday and i really needed the full 40 minutes so if you're interested um, check that out it's um, on the sims website and as i mentioned when we were first starting People have asked for a little longer breakout rooms. And so given that this is the last Sunday of the month, we've had a lot of time to think about how we deal with this poison. We're going to have more time in um, in the breakout groups. So anger, ill will, and hatred are all on the same continuum, along with that same expression of Vaden of not liking and of unpleasant. You know, collectively, they they are the poison. And we know that Vedana and certainly anger is uh, most often short-lived, especially if we don't create a lot of story about it, where ill will and hatred can be long-lasting and even all-consuming. And they often include a wish to harm the object of our anger or ill will. So when it Regardless of what word I'm using, we're talking about this full continuum of hatred and ill will. And why are they poison? Why is why are they a poison? And first, because they keep us separate from others. They dividing. They divide us into us and them, and right and wrong, and like the Richard Wagamese piece I read. um, All of my relations mean all. Hatred and ill will reinforces a sense of self. My anger, my hatred at you, you being the reason why I'm feeling angry, all of that selfing. And it takes on such an identity along, you know, with these strong emotions. Hatred and ill will are really seductive qualities. They get us so caught in telling and retelling the same story of the content of what brought the mind state into being in the first place. As Arv shared last week, we harden down on what starts out as just a feeling tone that vedana sensation of unpleasant or don't like, but instead of it just seeing it as a feeling tone, it becomes an entire mind state and we turn it into a whole identity. Being so seductive, they keep us from fully being in the moment. You know, when we're filled with that kind of mind state and that story, we can barely even see or feel what kind of new sensation or thought is arising. They become pretty all-consuming. And On one of the Monday nights, Steve Wilhelm t- said it this way, that hatred and ill will keep our hearts and minds trapped in a state that is totally opposite of what the Buddha taught. It's hard to cultivate the mind states of generosity, do no harm, be with whatever is arising in the present when our minds and hearts are filled with ill will. This poison, it it arises often out of our deep care and love about the issues or people um, that we care about and people who are being harmed. But feeding that hatred is really a betrayal of that care and that love. And, of course, it's in direct conflict with sila, with our sense of ethics and the precepts that we take to do no harm. Hatred and ill will keep us in suffering. When we, you know, those of us, we've been meditating a long time and we're taught to really experience what's going on in our bodies. We know what that big energy of hatred and ill will and resistance and unlike and I hate this, what it feels like inside, you know, that voice inside our head that's screaming, this is wrong and I don't like it and I want it to go away and you're the problem. We know what that feels like. It's real suffering. It's the second arrow. And hatred is such a hot emotion. And it seems to add more fuel to other hot emotions of blaming and outrage. And yet, you know, here we are on a path towards nirvana towards freedom the reason we're on the path and nirvana is defined as a cooling so this hatred is exactly the opposite of where we're trying to go and every day you know all we have to do is open up our eyes read the news or see the, hear the news and we know our our world is in so much distress And we see the power, the destructive power of hate in the world. Often it's easier to see it in others than in ourselves, but we certainly can see how hate and ill will adds to that distress in the world. So I think we can all agree that addressing this poison in our practice and working to minimize it It's really important. So let's spend some time talking about how to work with it. I really love how the Zen teachers talk about the impossibility of realizing many of the teachings. But we do them anyway. And practicing with the poisons is like that. Will we ever fully eliminate them from our hearts and minds? I don't really know, but we continue to practice with them anyway. So let's look at these practices that can help us with this impossible yet essential task. As always, mindfulness is our greatest ally. Even when we're sitting in the midst of just a firestorm of emotions. And with mindfulness, one of the things that's so important to do is is to examine what is underneath this ill will and hatred. Disappointment, fear, sadness, outrage, feeling hurt by others, being unfairly treated, seeing others being unfairly treated, whatever it may be. If we really examine what is underneath, we can learn a lot. Part of that is to challenge the first label that we apply to what has arisen and really investigate it more fully. Often this practice, I think, is off of the cushion when we have time for true investigation, but also on the cushion for sure. Because on the cushion, we sit with that very uncomfortable state of anger and ill will. And I like how Philip Moffat often talks about practice as best as we are able. So if you're really filled with a lot of this, these emotions on this continuum, do it as long as you're able. And then you take a break and then you come back to it. And you do whatever kind of nourishing you need to do for your own heart and mind so that you can really examine this. There was a monk who showed up at Clear Mountain a few weeks ago. I don't mean to say he just showed up. He was invited. He was the key speaker. And he was asked, what's the most important thing you've learned in the 17 years as a monk? And his answer was, be honest with yourself. You can tell the outside world whatever. But really be honest with yourself. And as we're looking at this poison of hatred and ill will, honesty with oneself is so essential. Part of that is really distinguishing between feelings and discernment. You know, ask ourselves, what's harmful and what's beneficial? What am I getting out of this mind state? We encourage it. Uh, ourselves to not dismiss or pretend and just as we were studying three months ago or actually it was um, April May and June um, the three characteristics going back and looking at the truth of dukkha that it and how it arises in our life and is part of our life you know really examining the dukkha that we create versus the bukkha dukkha that we just have to bear you know, other people, life circumstances, aging, illness, loss, death. And we separate the story from the underlying emotion and the set of thoughts. You know, let go of the ownership of those emotions. Anger is arising, hatred is arising. It's not my anger, it's not my hatred. A really key part, and I talked about this on Monday, because in the political worldly realm, a lot of times there's an element of wishing harm to the others, and actually reveling in um, their misfortune when those people in the political and worldly realm kind of get their come ups upends. But see if you can separate the disagreement with. Or the judgment of someone's behavior from the views about them as a person starting with easier situations not the most challenging i find that i disagree with my city council person a whole lot on things but i never wish him ill will it's really easy to separate out at this local level so start with um, an easier person or an easier situation much everything I've read says that the main antidote to anger and all the other emotions on this continuum is goodwill or metta. But I often find that if I go too quickly to metta, it's not really helping me to deal with the underlying anger, dislike, or ill will. It can be a real bypass for me. Of course, metta is important, but we need to use it wisely and not as a way of avoiding that hard work of really looking at what what is this anger, what is this ill will and hatred, what's beneath it. Another area is to look seriously at our energy and effort. Anger has such an energizing element and that energizing force of anger is a real double-edged sword it can really kind of get us going it can stir up how much we care about things but it can also really cloud the mind and prevent clarity from arising and both a clear a clear and calm mind is what's necessary for us to take skillful actions a friend recently helped me distinguish between these two aspects of, of anger and the um, energy in it. She differentiated between anger being initiatory. It can get us started, but it's not transformational. In the long run, it's not what we need to really affect the changes that we want to see. So looking at your anger, looking at the energy, and seeing how you're using that is another important tool. And going back to our mindfulness and the basic basics of the practice. We embrace the truth of the moment when hatred and ill will are present. It's kind of paradoxical because we don't want to feed the ill will, but we also don't want to be pushing it away. We want to understand it. So this moment doesn't have to be different, we can be at rest, even in the midst of the turmoil, that anger and ill will and hatred arise in us and feel in us. Remember that whatever is prominent in the mind is a gateway, it's not an obstacle. We can learn from hatred and ill will if we can impartially open to its arising and hold it with some kind of compassion in our hearts and minds. Hatred and ill will are so connected to wanting things to be different in the world. So exploring, taking actions which will address the issues that you really care about, and that are the reason for the ill will, exploring those actions is really important. So often below that ill will is a desire for justice, a desire for wanting people and the planet to be taken care of. I read recently this quote that says, deep dharma is deeply engaged with the world. So engage in ways that are meaningful to you. There's a quote from Howard Zinn, who is just an amazing American historian, and he said, We don't have to engage in grand heroic actions to participate in change. Small acts, when multiplied by millions of people can transform the world. To be hopeful in bad times is not foolishly romantic. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. What we choose to emphasize in this complex history determines how we live our lives. And also recently at a Clear Mountain um, Saturday meditation, Aya Nanda Bodhi was there, and she used this phrase microactivism activism Those small acts just in our daily lives of kindness and bearing witness, don't cast aside those opportunities. They're important too. We are all heirs to our karma. Of course, we're not, we're not in charge of what arises in our minds, but we are responsible for what we do with it. We're responsible for our behavior, for our actions. I wanted to make sure that we had plenty of times to, uh, for the breakout groups, but I wanted to mention Four of the paramis, which are sometimes called the qualities of integrity, they're these wonderful qualities of heart and mind. Again, they're qualities that we probably will never fully um, celebrate and embody, but they're really important. And there's four of these paramis that I think can help a whole lot with um, hatred and ill will. And the main one is patience. Patience is described as the exterminator of the defilements. It can help the mind to be clear and calm enough so that we can make skillful decisions. We can offer patience to all those feelings inside, that restlessness, that eagerness to act, that yelling inside the mind that this is wrong and I have to do something about it. Or you're wrong and I have to do something about you. The patience allows the hateful thoughts to pass through and gives those moments of ill will all the time and attention that they need. Resolve is another one. It supports why why we practice at all. You know, the, the beginning of the metta sutta is it, the first line is one that I just love. It says, This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. That's who we are. We strive to be skilled in goodness and know the path of peace. You know, it's talking to us. So resolve, especially in the face of ill will and hatred and anger, can be a real push to recommit to our practice so that we do know the path of peace. The third one I'd like to suggest is renunciation, which I recently uh, read a description, which is cleaning out the clutter, getting rid of those things that just don't serve us, don't benefit us. So asking ourselves, you know, how is this ill will and hatred and anger serving me? maybe it does and if so then benefit from it but maybe it doesn't really looking at the clutter and cleaning it out and the last one is equanimity to impartially embrace whatever arises in the heart and mind with compassion it's that paradox of really allowing the hatred and ill will to be there but to hold it in a space where it can, with discernment and with wisdom, dissipate on its own. And of course, in that impartial embrace, we're embracing ourselves as well and offering self-compassion. I want to end with this wonderful story I just read about in the New York Times magazine. It's about this transgender activist who dresses and presents himself and themselves in a very flamboyant way. In 2016, he was in Australia and he got on a tram and some stranger punched him in the face. It was such an act of violence against him and being transgender. As he described it, it caused him great pain and trauma. He felt like he had PTSD as a result. Well, six years later, he returned to Australia. He was invited to give a talk. And he titles his speech, A Love Letter to the Man Who Bashed Me. He said, It was my public forgiveness of this guy. And it was one of the most healing experiences of my life because I released myself from bitterness. So I'd like to end this talk with a question of how can each of us find ways to release ourselves ourselves, from the bitterness of ill will and hate. Thank you so much for your kind attention. And we're going to have, well, I went a few minutes longer than I hoped, but, um, And I hope that folks will stay because this is a way of, you know, we've listened to Dharma talks a whole month and um, also the previous month on greed. And this is a time to really share with each other, how is this showing up in your life, in your practice? How are you working with it? Are you still kind of holding on to the bitterness of ill will and hate? Or can you see some way to
1: release that? Okay. Well, welcome back. Folks are still coming in. I hope you all
0: had a really good discussion on anger and ill will and hate and all of that was lovely. States. So we have a few minutes um, if anyone wants to share anything that came up that um, either in their personal practice or in the group, just being mindful of protecting the privacy of anyone else in your group. So um, you can go to the reactions button and raise your hand. Um, And you all have the ability to unmute. So I would love to hear what anyone would like to share. Judith, please. And then Sean and Bruce.
2: Yeah, I, I think they might have gotten there first, but. Uh, That's okay. We got time. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I really uh, related to a couple of things that you said. Um, first, about, uh, about not going to meta too fast, and so that we are not repressing what we feel. And but at the same time, recognizing how important it is, you know, and and the other thing was about the whole the whole political thing, because I have, you know, definitely some anger and outrage in that area. And um and what I was sharing with my group is that I I in my mind, I put people into different categories and one category is, uh, well, people I know, that's one category. And that's a little easier to deal with because I know them, right? And I know that I'm probably making up stories that aren't really true. And then there's this whole group of people that disagree with me. I don't really know them, but they disagree with me, but they really believe what they believe, just as I believe what I believe. And I don't find myself so angry at them. It's the people that Have the information and know what they're doing, like say, like the tobacco industry. We had that, you know, a million years ago, and who are doing harmful things that I perceive as being harmful in the world, and then um, those are people I really have a hard time Mm -hmm. thinking of as my relations. Yeah,
0: I hear you, and I think. um, having a hard time with it is probably the first recognition. Mm -hmm. And um, having everybody be, you know, that all our relations doesn't mean that I want to go hang out with everybody. Mm -hmm. But that I recognize that, you know, we all live because we all live with each other. I mean, we're, Mm there's such an Tibetan dependence and um i don't have any great um insights except um for practicing with it for knowing that it's there and not just assuming oh they're those people so it's okay that i feel that way because we recognize what happens inside of us um, both heart and mind when we feed those um, mind states of ill will and there isn't an, it there is an impact you know they say that whatever um, fills our minds will be the the um, what we're gonna do next it will guide our actions and we don't want to be acting out of that so working with that in the worldly realm is um, I think it's really important and um, it's why I spend all that time on Monday talking about it because I—it's too easy, especially when you live in a community where everybody agree, you think everybody agrees with you, and so then you get this sense of oh I'm so connected, but I'm only connected to this you know this little group. And so um, anyway, thanks for bringing it up. I think a lot of people can can identify with what you were talking about, Judith. Thanks. Sean and Bruce, please. Hey,
1: everybody. Well, I just wanted to share that sometimes you can find something that will release your bitterness that you wouldn't have even expected. And for me, um, I've just I've really been swimming in ill will. I've been in the river of, Ill, of really intense ill will for quite some time now. And, um, you know, using the practice and all the things that I know and just not getting anywhere. And, um, I started reading this book that's written by a woman who, uh, was the one of the leaders in the movement that got the American Disabilities Act into law mm-hmm. and it was a 30 year process and she had she contracted polio when she was a year and a half and she was uh disabled her whole life and it's her story of what she had to go through and I'm disabled I didn't start out this way I I I had 52 years of non of being um, a very active person And then I got an illness That caused disability So I've lived, straddled both worlds And um Reading how she dealt With things that Because I have the advantages Of what this law did In so many ways Has a long way to go, believe me But the way she Dealt with it She did not deal with it with ill will mm-hmm. I mean it just as I'm going through her story I'm just going wow wow she didn't she didn't lash out in anger I mean sometimes she was really vocal you know Mm -hmm. um but that's not the way she dealt with it and I went my god if this woman can go through what she went through and the way she went through it then I can, too. And I've just felt so validated. I mean, there's so many things she'll say, this happened, and I'll go, oh, my God, thank you. That I felt that way, but I didn't really know why. You know, somebody said something to me that was just so off the wall that sounds like a compliment, and she's describing what that is, and I went, oh, my God, I just feel so validated. So a book, that's a book by a non-Buddhist woman. has yeah. helped release my
0: ill will. Yeah, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. And another kind of tying on to that is that when we spend a lot of time in the news and social media where we're confronted with a lot of the examples of things that get us angry and filled with ill will, instead of doing that, reading people who are inspiring you know, reading about, reading Thich Nhat Hanh's life, you know, um, finding people in your own community, or like you were saying about this woman who helped um, get the ADA passed. Yeah, um, thank you, Sean. So Thomas and, well, I think, get yeah, Thomas next. And then I think that'll be the, well, no, we, we might have time after. Thomas, please go ahead
1: you 're still muted yeah go.
3: thanks yeah I, I wanted to comment on the political things whose that you talked about. It made me think about an experience I have here in the community where I live and here 's a I have a neighbor that i we, we run into each other frequently and we, we always talk, which is really nice and he 's very uh, open about his political views, which are very different from mine and i've sort of stayed away from the minefield of politics with him because i'm worried about the separation it might create and i I rather, you know you know the the sense of being joined as neighbors i love to keep that going and enhance that but what i what i what you said that inspired me was this idea of, of of trying to understand his view and actually explore it so i'm actually i have this desire to start asking some questions you know very Respectfully, very gently, to understand his view. You know how is it meaningful to him. I'm also trying to be very careful because I, 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 I want to look at myself. You know, why am I exploring that view? With do I come from a sense of superiority of that my view is better than his, or do I really come from a really curious, open mind, wanting to understand, get closer to him? I I I, I want to be more clear about where I'm coming from and so trying to, so I'm not going there yet because I don't feel I'm ready but I, I feel there's some opportunity there in, in in me putting myself aside and try to understand and I, that potentially will bring us even closer and so uh, yeah, just a few thoughts so thanks a lot for, for sharing that
0: Thank you and, and thanks for knowing that you're not quite there yet you know that there, you want to be as skillful as you can be and um and to have conversation that our the purpose is understanding mutual understanding what a lovely thing um i think everybody here could say boy it's wonderful when someone actually wants to know why i believe what i believe you know it's it's a gift um of that you can give to your neighbor and to yourself so good luck with that i hope maybe we can hear the results as they, we go down the down the way, Billy and Nikhil, please. And then I think that'll be the last one. So we'll have a moment for, for announcements.
3: Um, yeah, just something that uh, someone a few months ago shared the phrase, uh, just like me. And I think that's something that when they shared it it really stuck with me because um, I just, whenever I started having whenever I start having judgments since then I started immediately realizing, Oh, I do that too. And I don't think it's, I just, I just don't think it's possible to have a judgment about someone now that like, I don't in some way also do myself. And, um, it was just, it was really helpful to me. Um, uh, when, uh, that person, when that person shared that, um, and yeah, I just, I think it's somewhat uh, related to hatred because I think it helps kind of bridge that gap. And, um, Yeah, start kind of like find that that sense of connection a little bit.
0: Wow, thank you. What a a lovely phrase, just like me. You know, and just like me, we are all the product of our conditioning. You know, and just like me, we sometimes have distortions of thought and mind, and we seek out happiness in the wrong places and all of the stuff that we study. And so thank you for, for that sharing, just like me. Well, thanks to everybody. Next next month, um, we
2: are delving into delusion,
1: <laughs> and of course, there's still.